What's up, folks? Welcome back to the Agency Freedom Podcast. We help insurance professionals move from captivity to freedom. It is the dog days of summer. We're going to do something a little bit different for the next at least two, maybe three or four weeks, depending on uh, how far we get uh, with each episode. So we can respect our guests that are kind enough to spend their valuable time interviewing with us. I'm going to wait until August to drop um, the normal episodes. So until then, I thought it would be a good time to have some participation. I, I put some posts out on social just asking for topics and questions that people wanted to have hot takes and strong opinions on. And got some great feedback and got uh, a good number of messages as well. So for the next few episodes, I am going to be uh, answering those questions and providing commentary on the topics uh, that were shared in the comments section. If there's something that you want to hear about, drop me a message at james at jamesjenkins.com or find one of those two posts, one on LinkedIn, one on Facebook, or just message me. And you can participate in this uh, fun little dialogue we've got going on with hot takes and strong opinions. So we're going to go ahead and roll the bumper and jump right in uh, to to two questions for today's episode. These are going to be pretty short, probably 15 or 20 minutes total. I get you back to your summer day a little faster than usual. So let's roll that bumper and get after it. There are two kinds of people in the insurance industry. Those who are captive and those who are free. This is the Agency Freedom Podcast. Captivity can go far beyond the companies you represent. It starts between your ears and its impact is felt in every corner of your business. We're all about helping agency principals and sales professionals reach your maximum potential and flex your freedom. If your goals are big enough, you're gonna have to get uncomfortable to be able to reach them. Our team at RiskWell is living this out every single day. This show is where I share our successes, our failures, and everything I learn along the way. We deliver relevant, tactical, and actionable content from industry peers, innovative partners, and a variety of leaders from other business verticals. We're not holding anything back. There's no upsell, no guru pitch, and no fluff. It's time to unshackle yourself from captivity and make your freedom jump with the Agency Freedom Podcast. Let's go. All right, so hot takes and strong opinions. What's, uh, what are we going to get into first? I am just going to go straight from what was shared in the group on Facebook. And it is from Jay Franklin in... San Antonio, he says, maybe talk about carriers and the reasons why there are so many more restrictions. Has this happened before with the entire industry? Is it cyclical? First off, Jay, thanks for a great topic. This is something that everybody is dealing with literally everywhere in the country. It's not quite as bad in non-cat markets. If you're in a part of the country that is generally accessible with uh, most admitted carriers, if you don't have weather catastrophes, then maybe you aren't feeling the restrictions and the the challenges, the underwriting guidelines, the appointments getting uh, called up. 
you know, carriers just breathing down your neck a lot more uh, than normal. This goes right along with all the other hard market conditions that we're seeing, a contraction and new appointments being offered just about anywhere, the kind of perks and benefits you're getting, the commissions that are being paid, and the ability for agents to really just have their way with the market. Rates are out of control across the board. Renewals are out of control across the board. Every insured is mad, it seems like at least. Obviously, I'm being a little bit hyperbolic here, but all of these factors seem to be piling on top of each other, and it makes it very, very difficult for us to do business. And is it cyclical? First off, Jay, yes, it is absolutely cyclical. It's kind of a, a pendulum of sorts vacillating back and forth between hard market and soft market. And it's kind of been that way forever. A lot of you have probably heard the phrase or saying hard men or people, to use gender neutral language, hard people create good times and good times create soft people. And soft people create hard times and hard times create hard people. So the the cyclical effect of all of this is very simple. We're in a hard market right now. There are a lot of reasons for that. There are a, a lot of reasons uh, that uh, contribute to it being worse uh, if, with each passing month, with each passing quarter. And we're going to get into a couple of those here in, in just a moment. But the good thing is there is an end in sight, uh, not just an end economically or politically, but also the laws of the ways this industry works and the ways that carriers monitor and measure success in their investment portfolio, in their underwriting performance, and the profit that they're able to derive from insurance operations. By the very nature of things, when everything gets tight and harder to write and more rate involved, the only reason why these things are happening the carriers are not doing this to screw you over in your agency. They're not doing it to piss you off or to create extra work for you with your insurance. They're doing it so that they can return their own financial performance to some level of normalcy to be able to meet their targets for underwriting performance uh, and and be able to be profitable. The problem here is the hard market really is a double whammy. Because an insurance carrier only has two ways to make money. There's only two ways that they get to put anything on their balance sheet. And that is by creating an underwriting profit through business that has a low enough loss ratio that they can pay their fixed expenses, their claims and allocated loss adjustment expenses or ALAE and still have money left over at the end of the day. The investment income that a lot of these insurance companies have been relying on in recent years simply isn't there right now. There's a lot of inflation. There's a lot of supply chain issues and talent issues that are creating downward pressure on on profits because expenses are out of control. So what happens when these things are, are happening simultaneously where underwriting profit and investment profit are both getting squeezed at the same time. We have a lot of issues that come from that. 
like we've just discussed, rates get increased, underwriting guidelines tighten up, points on commission get reduced, and new agent appointments become very, very difficult to grab. All of this is cyclical. All of this is something that will pass. The great thing is we can help make it better by writing good business, by following the rules, and by being good agents for our companies. So what do I mean by that? Be a good agent for our companies. This is where the uh, hot takes part of the episode comes in because a lot of agents are asleep at the wheel when it comes to protecting the interests of the companies that you represent. They're sloppy, they're lazy, and all they're thinking about is how can I get a commission and sell a policy? They're not engaging in anything resembling field underwriting. They're not thinking about the carrier's best interest and long-term solvency. They're simply putting business on the books willy-nilly, and as long as they get paid a commission, they don't care. I know I'm somewhat preaching to the choir here because a lot of folks that listen to insurance podcasts in general, including this one, are not nearly as careless and sloppy as the average agent. They simply aren't. But how can you be a good agent? Ask the questions that need to be asked to determine if someone's a good risk or not. Asking about their previous loss history is important for a lot of reasons, but asking more questions about the loss history. What happened there? How do you approach loss controls in your own business or family? How do you make yourself a good risk? How are you responsible in running your family and running your business? And figure out the field underwriting side of things so that you can better disqualify people that are a bad risk before they ever get to the carrier's books and cause the carrier problem and you a problem. And the second piece of the puzzle is be a good risk manager for our insureds. Help them file fewer claims. Help the severity of the claims that they do file be decreased. There's a lot of things in the loss control side of the conversation, whether it is safety programming or return to work or operational standards or having some sort of emergency action plan for the the personal line side of things. There are so many options for the agent to have a positive impact on the loss conversation. We can help our carriers be more profitable by being more responsible as agents. The hard market is definitely difficult. It puts a lot of pressure on the agent. But when we are acting as due diligence officers for our carriers, we're making everything better in the long run because we're protecting those loss ratios and making it easier for the carrier to come out of this hard market faster. Now, thankfully, there's not only negative things to talk about with the hard market because as a lot of agents are finding, there are opportunities just about everywhere we look out there. Hey, Freedom Jumper, are you looking to take your business to the next level? Who isn't, right? Write more business and see your agency succeed with NBS. At Nationwide Brokerage Solutions, they understand the challenges local agents face in the constantly changing marketplace. 
That's why they offer a wide array of personal and commercial markets and policy options to help you meet the needs of your customers, no matter how unique or outlandish they may be. With a team of experienced and dedicated professionals that provide you with the support and guidance you need to see your agency succeed, Nationwide Brokerage Solutions is here to support you every step of the way. Don't just survive in the competitive insurance industry. Thrive with Nationwide Brokerage Solutions. Get started today. Learn more at nbsbrokerage.com. So rather than complain about the hard market, may I suggest you instead double down on new business, protect what you've got, proactively communicate with your insureds, make sure that they understand it's going to suck come renewal time. We're going to do the best we can to stop the bleeding and to make sure that you're able to have some kind of competitive pricing. But the reality is, Mr. and Mrs. Insured, it's going to suck for a couple of years. You're not going to find relief out in the marketplace unless you're willing to chop your nose off and lose a bunch of important coverage. Aside from that, Doubling down on new business because every single account is up for grabs. Yours are, mine are, and everybody else's because all of these entrenched long-term relationships are going to be open to going back out to market in ways that they maybe haven't been in a decade or even longer because all of these insureds are feeling the pinch. So to Jay's question, is this cyclical? Yes. The last time it was happening was right as I was coming into the industry back in 2012, 2013. That was a widespread hard market. Before that, at least in this part of the country here in Texas, we had the mold crisis back in 2002 and 2003. And a lot of insurance companies just stopped writing policies altogether for several months in 02 and 03. Before that, we can look at the economic and political conditions and geopolitical instabilities and see a pattern of, you know, once every 20 or 30 years, there's a really, really hard market in the insurance world. Now, those things are going to get better just by the nature of the economic cycle that we're in. Inflation is extremely volatile, but that is going to get better. It can't possibly stay as bad as it is right now for long. And the occupant of the White House, of course, dictates a lot of policy that has pressure elsewhere in the economy. So after 2024, we'll have a better idea of what is going on uh, with the political side of things that has ripple effects throughout the insurance world. Because yeah, even though we're operating at the state level, there's quite a bit that happens at the federal level that impacts everybody else because obviously a lot of rules and regulations have a trickle-down effect. What can we do as agents? How can we endure and even thrive in this hard market? Well, very simply, it's take an opportunistic approach and get creative on how you're going out to market. Go after the niche that you've been noodling on for years and haven't taken action on because The riches are always in the niches, but especially in a hard market. If you can carve out an area for yourself and have an advantage, even a systemic advantage across the board, that's a great way to survive and thrive in a hard market. So 
Second question for today uh, was my man Ryan Deeds, the one and only. He's uh, from the Nashville area. He said uh, he wanted to hear some conversation about RTO and WFH. I'm going to guess that RTO is required time off. Ryan, feel free to tell me I'm wrong if I'm going in a different direction than you attended. But RTO and WFH are work from home. And I think this is something that everyone's going to have to grapple with. Every agency principal, every team member is going to have to figure out their own personal ideal situation for work from home or hybrid or in the office. And what kind of office is ideal? Do you have walk-in traffic? Do you not have any walk-in traffic? If you're like Riskwell, you're like, please don't walk in. I don't want to talk to anyone who's walking into an insurance office. That's the definition of a bad prospect for us. The nature of commercial real estate is probably changed forever in a post-COVID world. Employees, team members have different expectations now than they ever have before. When it comes to required time off, this has kind of been an overreaction of sorts because the unlimited PTO game became kind of a buzzword and everybody was talking about it. And hey, should we do unlimited PTO? How do we do it? How do we make this thing work in our office? How do we keep track of things? How do we make sure it's not being abused? How do we make sure that our team is taking enough time? And that's where the RTO, the required time off, comes in because what a lot of studies have shown, and I read quite a bit in Forbes and other business-focused magazines that talk about a suppressing effect, which is really counterintuitive when you think about unlimited PTO, including the whole work-from-home component. You got these people that have the ability to take, theoretically, unlimited time off as long as it doesn't impact the needs of the business. What a lot of these studies have shown is that people are simply not taking nearly enough time off and it's having implications across the workforce. You've probably experienced this in your office out there, Freedom Jumper. I'd love to hear your thoughts on the subject. Are you dealing with more uh, emotional instability and volatility and mental health issues than you have in years past? I, I think across the board, we're dealing with a workforce, a team members that are more stressed, they're feeling more concern in a macro sense than perhaps ever before. Obviously, uh, we are living in a post-COVID world and all the concerns from the new normal, quote unquote, are, are with us basically forever. My personal opinion on the subject is that if you're going to do unlimited PTO, then you have to have some sort of required time off or RTO component. If you're not going to have RTO component, then just get ready for your team to be burnt out and not having that refreshment, that refilling of their cup. They're not taking enough time away and they're getting burnt out and frazzled and dealing with mental health issues, which lead to, of course, productivity concerns where they're not able to deliver as much as they normally do. In these kind of situations, the agency principal can be a huge help by saying, hey, you know what? We do have an unlimited PTO policy in our office. 
However, we require that you take a minimum of X days per year off for your own health and wellness and your emotional and physical well-being. And mental health, of course, is, is a hot topic. I know a lot of folks don't want to get into the weeds there, but the reality is sometimes your team is going so hard after the goal, they need to be reminded to take good care of themselves and to take intentional time away. So I happen to be a huge fan of RTO. I think telling your team you will take a certain number of days off per year, you know, per quarter, per half, whatever you want to do there. But mental health is incredibly important. Having a, a, a good, high-functioning team where everyone feels valued and important, they feel heard, that is very important. And the great thing is, happy team members work harder. It's really that simple. So with the whole work from home thing, I know that's a touchy subject for a lot of people because culture and team chemistry uh, can be a, a big motivator, can be a big uh, benefit to a lot of teams out there that have fun together. You know, I think of the Urban Young team in the Orlando area in Florida where they have weekend trips and they have a whole lot of positive culture elements where work from home at a place with high culture like Urban Young, like Riskwell, like other shops across the country that have you know, larger teams, and um, Riskwell's team is a small medium. We have seven people at this point, so definitely on the smaller side. But work from home is kind of a touchy subject for me because if someone is at home, that means I don't have the privilege and the pleasure of their company in the office. And it means that we can't just walk down the, the hallway and see that person. We can't share a laugh with them. We can't eat our lunch together in the kitchen, you know, have a, a break room chat with that person. We can't collaborate on problems that come along. Work from home definitely has some positives, but it has quite a few negatives as well, in my opinion. And I, I think having some sort of hybrid arrangement where the team is able to coalesce and collaborate and enjoy each other's company but also have flexibility to be work from home. For instance, my office started work from home on Fridays uh, several months ago, and we've had tremendous success with that approach, where the team appreciates being able to work from home one day a week. And we told them that that uh, privilege will be taken away if we start having problems meeting our goals and our key performance indicators. That simply hasn't happened the last several months. So when it comes to required time off, when it comes to work from home, I think that's really how we have to approach it. Have some kind of RTO policy where your team knows that they are required and expected to take a certain number of days off for their own enjoyment and well-being on an annual basis. And then with work from home, if you don't have some kind of component for work from home, you really got to get one because all of your competition in your local market is struggling with these same things. And especially in the smaller areas of the country, the more rural areas where talent is even more scarce and harder to find than it is in a densely populated area like the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex where my office is. When you start talking about the talent acquisition challenge, you know, having really good things in place for RTO and work from home and some kind of a hybrid solution that's going to make you a lot more attractive to the candidates that you want to win to join your team. So that is it. 
for this episode. My volume was turned down. There you go. Nice and loud there. That is it for this episode of the Agency Freedom Podcast. I want to thank Jay and Ryan for contributing their questions and topic requests to this episode. And we will catch up with you guys next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. Make it a great day, boys and girls. We'll talk to you again real soon. Y'all take care. Thanks for listening to the Agency Freedom Podcast. Please subscribe to AFP on your favorite platform to get automatic updates with every new episode and help other people find us. If you like what you hear, please drop us a review and tell the world what you like best. Most importantly, please share AFP with someone you know who is still in captivity. They'll thank you later. Visit our website at agencyfreedom.com to get access to exclusive content and announcements. Join our community on Facebook by typing in Agency Freedom in the search bar. Send your questions, comments, guest recommendations, and favorite grilling recipes to us at podcast at agencyfreedom.com. This is the Agency Freedom Podcast, where we help insurance professionals move from captivity to freedom. Until next time, let's go. Hey, agents, listen to this. Listen to this. What are we terrible at? Think of it. Think of it. Really? We're, we're terrible at training, right? We're not very good at hiring. We're not very good, terrible at firing, actually. Uh, terrible at creating process and some workflows. Terrible at technology and implementing that technology and even knowing what type of technology we want. And the list goes on and on. Now, listen, I'm an agency owner. And I, you know how it is to, to fix a problem. The first thing you got to do is you got to admit you have a problem. Here's what you do. Go to virtualintel.com. Check out what we do because we do all those bad things that you can't do. Really? And you may do one or two of them well. Good for you if you can do them all. Just want you to know you're in the minority. But if you can't do any of them good or you don't even want to do them anymore because it just takes too much mental power, then good for you for realizing that and give us a call. I'm telling you, at Virtual Intelligence, that's what we do. And where we specialize in high-quality VEs, not virtual assistants. Look it up. Go to ChatGPT. Put in what's the difference between a virtual assistant and a virtual employee. Enough said. I don't have enough time to go on and on about all the differences on this 60-second commercial. But you've got time to search it and look at it. That's what we do. We deliver high quality VEs. We mix the technology with it. We train them on the technology, give them and the technology to you, and you're off to the races. I'm not joking with you. You can call my agency at any time, ask for Lordland, and we do ask her, say, how fast are you able to do quotes? I've actually got a couple videos of it. That's right. We can do five to 10 carriers in one quote in three to seven minutes. So you give me an auto quote, I can do five to 10 carriers in three to seven minutes. How are we doing it? We're doing it through the technology of virtual intelligence. Give us a call, check us out. You can ask for me personally, I'll do the demo for you. Who are they? Cast certified.